0: My father, 40 years ago, my first year in ministry, my father-in-law, Becky's dad, um, came down out of bed one morning. It was a Saturday, and I was praying in our family room with my face down on the floor, and I was crying. I was saying, God, it seems so lonely in ministry, in life. And he got down by me and put his hands on me, and he prayed, and he said, I give you one of the the best pieces of advice that I could ever give. If you find a true friend in life, hang on forever, because there will not be many. 41 years into ministry, I look back and I think, oh, the times of pain and hurt, because you'd been abandoned by someone. My wife and I were talking as we were riding in the car yesterday, and she said, I said, how many years have we lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan now? And She said, let me think, Danielle was five or six, and so I think about 28. And then she said, it's been a great place to live, but a lot of hurt. A lot of hurt. People who we thought were our friends, who said, oh, we love you, Pastor. It's Pastor Appreciation Month this month. And we used to get cards and letters from people saying how awesome it is to have you as our pastor who will not even talk to us now i still love them but you know all about that too don't you some of you know what it's like to have the pain of a, a spouse who no longer feels like they love you or a pain of a child who just doesn't want to be around you or a parent who doesn't treat you like they love you or people at work who don't want to be around you or people at church. And sometimes you feel recklessly, alone, living in some sort of dangerous, foggy depression. Because everywhere that Satan can, he's going to divide. His his idea is to divide, and thus dividing, you conquer. It's always been that way. I remember hearing a humorous little story about a, a Scottish Presbyterian who was... In a shipwreck and stranded on a on an island all by himself he lived there alone for many years until one day he was picked up by a ship and the captain looked at him and said I see three huts on the island are you alone and he said oh yes I'm I'm all alone and the captain said well why the three huts I don't understand it and he said well the first one over there, you see that one? That's that's my house. That's where I live. And he said, the second one over there next to it, that's my church. That's where I go to church. And and he stopped and the captain said, Well, what about the, the third one? And he said, Well, that's where I used to go to church. It's the oddest thing in ministry those you idolize you demonize many times you expect that we will be perfect but we're just like you we're all sinners aren't we and you know it's amazing how when we recognize that we are sinners and that we're nothing without god we we look at other people differently don't we we see them as as sinners but people that need to be loved cuz everybody wants to be loved we have an amazing church of love. Don't kid yourself. The enemy will do everything in his power to make you imagine things and think things that are just not true about yourself, about the person sitting next to you, or the person in the room. The devil is the master of division. He wants you to think that everyone is against you. in reality, He is the God of the second chance, not just the second chance, the third and the fifth and the hundredth, isn't he? So growing up as a little kid, I saw serious abuse in my own home. My dad was abusing my mom and physically and mentally abused us as kids. And I always used to pray I would go in the room, before I was even a Christian, I didn't understand the power of prayer, I would go in the front room, and I would just reach my hands out to God and say, God, if you even possibly exist, come into this house. And he did. I started riding the bus to junior high school, and I've shared that many times, this guy, 7th grader, was riding my bus, and he started talking about Jesus, and I went home and told my parents, and my dad said, stay away from him, he's a holy roller, he goes to the some church that's fanatical then my dad got an offer to build that church my dad was a builder god is not a god of coincidence is he he sovereignly planned that my father who was having problems with my mother would go down and get an offer to build this little baptist church but his bid was too high and i could remember he came home and said to my mom because our little country church was closing Packed the kids up on Sunday, we're going to church. My dad never went to church. So we went to the Little Baptist Church. Little did I realize that not only was that the beginning of salvation, it, it took place for me in that church where I accepted Christ, but God also called me into ministry in seventh grade, right there, and I never turned back. Little Baptist Church. A year or two later, there was trouble in the church, and there was division. You know, if I know anything about Baptists, I know I know this: that there are so many different kinds of Baptists. It's hard to remember them all. There's Southern Baptists. There are American Baptists. There are Conservative Baptists. There's Baptist General Conference. There's National Baptists. There's there's a uh, Progressive Baptists. There are some. Groups that are a bit more esoteric. Old Baptist Union, Old Regular Baptist, Old Time Baptist, Old Time Missionary Baptist, General Association of Baptist, General Association of General Baptist, General Association of Regular Baptist. And that didn't mean regular in the way that you think of it. You see how many times Satan wants to divide? He loves division. If he can get me mad at somebody else and we divide and we don't want to talk to each other, he wins. Our nation is divided right now, is it not? There was never a more important time in the history of this nation for us to be united than right now. Right now. It's like God is saying, if you can unite, if you can unite, I will give you another chance. And people say they pray. Oh, I pray that God will, will bring our nation back to what, what it ought to be. I appreciate the fact that... That as you watch things happening, you see that God has a way of changing people in the middle of His unification. Yes, He does. James Dobson from Focus on the Family was on this week, stating that Donald Trump accepted Jesus Christ as His Lord and Savior, that He's a different man, and you can see it in him. He was in the bapt uh, a um, not Baptist. I'm not sure what it was. A black church in Cleveland recently, and they invited all the Baptists, or or excuse me, all the black preachers from the city to come to this meeting, and obviously they wanted to because they wanted to hear what Trump had to say. And at the end of the meeting, the pastor got up, and his wife, who was one of the pastors also, a black pastor, and he asked her to pray, and she said, I can't pray yet. I need to say something. That the news media has made this man into something that he's not. He's a wonderful man who can change our nation. He's a man who can change it for blacks. And she went on and on and on, and that video went viral. You see, God is in the business of changing what seems insurmountable so we don't pray for change we pray for people to agree with us and if they don't agree we think we have to separate from them I say let's not separate let's unite and slap the enemy in the face how about that yes yes let's unite And slap the enemy in the face and say, No, you don't win. I'm not listening to the man who said it's worthless to go to Vietnam. I will not be satisfied until there's revival in the entire country. Nor should he or anyone else. I don't go to build block walls, I go to change. And the men that go with me will change. They have changed. I've taken at least a hundred different men there, they've changed. When you come to Acts chapter 15, there is so much in the book of Acts, and there's so much about this man, Paul, that it's almost impossible to put it all into words. I was, I was looking at videos from other churches recently, at other church websites, because I always get ideas from what other churches are doing. And the one thing that I found was in common with all the churches I checked is every one of them was interested in growing. And that's what they talked about. Growing their church. And while I would like to see our church grow, I don't want it to grow if that means we have to divide for it to happen. I think we should unite for it to happen. We should love each other. We should do as the scripture commands, that if your brother has a problem with you, he comes to you, no one else. If you have a problem with your brother, you go to him, no one else. You don't have to divide. You don't have to hate. Now, sometimes God says, I am going to allow you to be divided to see how you respond in the situation. I think that happened in this text. Whenever I hear about division in the Bible, people always go back to this passage, Acts chapter 15, 36 through 41. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, sometime later, after he had been with Barnabas for some time, let us go back and visit the believers in all of the towns, all the people that accepted Christ on our missions journey. Let's go back and visit all of them where we preach the word and let's see, let's check this. We wanna see how they're doing now. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark. Now, if you remember back a while, back in chapter 13, John Mark is the cousin to Barnabas and John Mark left Paul. There was some kind of thing going on and he left Paul. And it says in the scripture, But Paul did not think it wise to take Barnabas along. He had deserted them back in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they actually parted company. I want to finish this in a moment. That is the proof text for people who don't want to have to make things right. Are you listening? they're runners that's what my wife just said and that's what I call them I watched them through the years they're runners this is what I think I love everybody here and I'm willing to talk to anybody and I will change if need be don't run stay you'll be blessed yeah you will and thank you to every single person who gave sacrificially to buy a building on Chicago Drive in Granville when some people told us we were crazy God gave us our own place. We're not there yet, but it's coming. It's getting better all the time. And guess what? I came in there this week and our realtor, Daryl, who owns DAR, you'll see his signs all over town because he's a commercial realtor. He goes to Calvary on Denon. He was there. And Zach had already taken him on the tour and showed him around and then he was getting ready to leave and I just drove up and came in right then he goes, oh my gosh. I know that's slang for God. Oh my gosh. I was coming down through the town of Granville and I saw Rock Church sign. And I looked at the landscape and I saw this humongous picture of Jesus on the wall. And then I saw this Bible verse stretched out over a huge wall. It's done so subtly and tastefully, and you got the word to the whole community when they drive by. I, I, he said, "I can't even believe this place. It's amazing." He said, "The landscaping is just oh my goodness, it's so awesome." And he said, and then and then he and then he before he said talked about the cross a moment. He said, "I gotta tell you something, brother. That other church you were at." They want to say you had nothing to do with the way it looks or building it or anything. That's a lie. It's written, you're written all over that place. This place is amazing. He said, oh, and he started to walk away, and he says, that cross right out there. Where'd you get that thing? I said, we made it. That should have been an art prize, he said. <laughs> you see, the enemy says, no, I'm gonna defeat you. I'm gonna discourage you. You're not gonna do this. I'm gonna make it so that you won't ever have your own place in much less than three years. And God says, if I'm for you, who can be against you, right? If I'm dancing with you, who, who can be against you? Yeah, come on now, Jesus. Those lights are blinding to me. I had to do that so I could see if anybody's out there that agrees with me. Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, Jesus. It says, Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Well, this is exactly what I think missions is. You know who the church is it's just like the video said and i didn't know i just found that last night i thought praise god there's somebody else with my philosophy about missions missions is not strings on a faded board that's been there for 30 years to relieve our conscience about not having to go witness to anybody Mitness witnessing and and missions is about packing up your bags stretching yourself across the continents to go meet some people and bring them to Jesus and make friends of them. And people will think you are bonkers crazy. I got yelled at recently about that by the same person who thought we were stupid for buying that building and said, my grandpa was a missionary and you're stupid. Your philosophy of missions is ridiculous. We just need to send the missionaries. Why would you want to pay $90,000 a year for a missionary? And I'm not against missionaries. But why would you want to do that if you could be the missionary for a couple thousand dollars and lead the nationals to the Lord and them get on fire for God? how about trying that on for size we have these big mission organizations with huge fancy buildings and all the hoops to jump through and the red tape and I say let's keep it simple because the gospel is simple who would think that we'd be standing in the lobby of a hotel leading people to Christ in front of all the other communists who would ever dream in your face Satan Oh yeah. Sometimes when you have those ideas, they th- people think you're crazy. And I think that theologians have had the wrong concept and imparted the wrong concept and picture of who Paul really is. Because everyone wants, you know, all, it seems like all the preachers out there want us to think that Paul was just this radical, hard, scarred, nasty, mean, gruff person who just yelled at people all the time. Or maybe even a cult leader. This is what I think no one loved people like Paul did you can tell when you're loved can't you oh yeah you can you could tell when you're loved and nobody loved them like Paul did why why did he write this in in second Corinthians for I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart and with many tears not to cause you pain but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you now I shared this in in group before you came and praise man my father my, my father and I shared it in here my father said to me if you can find a friend a true friend hang on for life because there won't be many Paul was a true friend He wanted to go back and see the people that had come to know Christ, and he wanted to encourage those people. So we're practicing in here this morning, and I look up over my keyboard, and I see Sue O'Keefe sitting over there, and she's been very, 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 very sick. Do we not pray for her all the time? Every time I think of her, I think of somebody that the Petersons absolutely love. And I even wrote myself a note. When you get back go to sue o'keefe's house and try to lead her husband to christ see we're supposed to love each other the church isn't some mega place where you walk in and are entertained for an hour and 14 minutes to be exact and then you go out just the same church is a place where you come and dance like a crazy man and you feel the power of the holy spirit It's not that the preacher is so eloquent and that everything is so well packaged that everybody wants to come. No, not everyone will want to come to this church. It's not for everybody. But I'll guarantee you something, if you come here, you will change and I will love you. He said in Philippians, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and their glory in their shame. They glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. There are many, many, many people who come into the church and they think, I need a change. What I really need is to move to California. California, surfers, Baywatch, and beautiful sunsets. Danny did it. He let his hair grow out and got a skateboard and went to California. Yep, but he came back to Michigan knowing that as is happening now, his hair is falling out. He's going to gain weight and not work on a surfboard. Going to marry a little lady called Kelsey, and they're going to live in Hansel and Gretel's cottage. Just hope the witch is gone (laughs) or she'll bake you. You know, isn't life funny, though? I mean, in this respect, I know I'm getting off target here, but isn't life funny in this respect? All these people say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to find this really hot chick. We're going to live in bliss together. And I look at them and think, you're going to get fat, lose your hair, marry a woman from Jenison and live in a two-story house that's falling apart. And I'm right. You'll grow fat and old together. Yes. And you might actually, (laughs) (laughs) wow, there you go, Bobby boy. Yeah. And all the visitors go, this is whack. This is totally whack. I don't don't even understand why people go to church if church isn't this. If church isn't communicating one to another that we love you and that we're praying for you and we're together. Because if we stand together, there's nothing that could come against us. But I don't want to to downplay the importance and the significance of who Barnabas was because he was just as important to God as Paul was. They actually called him the son of encouragement. He was a good man. He was a son of encouragement. But they had this disagreement. You're going to disagree with me and I'm going to disagree with you and we're going to express it cordially to each other and then we're going to move on because it's not important. Their disagreement wasn't wasn't important at all. It basically ended up being over crazy stuff like, should John Mark go with them on their future journey? Should he go with them? And Paul really struggled with it because John Mark, even though he was a cousin with Barnabas, he left, and in the original language, it actually says that he apostatized. He apostatized. What apostasy is that you once were believing in Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, and now you no longer believe that. You know, this is what I believe about, about the walk with Christ and about our church and about most people that I know that claim to be Christians. This is what I believe. I believe that there will be some times that you're dangerously close to apostatizing because you don't see God. He's disappeared. I want to tell you this right now, my wife got right off that riser this morning when Sue was over there, and right, went right over there, and she told all of us. I said, we're praying for Sue's healing, and my wife said, she's already being healed. Yeah. yeah. You know something? When that widow of Zarephath goes and dips in for the meal, the last meal, batch of flour to make some bread as the scripture tells us because the prophet told her go in and make this last meal but make it for me and you and your son and the barrel was never empty oh god is a big 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 god You say, well, God, I promise you I'm going to give you this. I promise that. People actually quit coming because they're worried about what we'll think because they made a promise to give so much money to the building. We're not interested in your money. We're interested in you. We're totally interested in you. That's between you and God. But I'm telling you something, the barrel does not need to go empty. You believe that or not? The barrel does not have to go empty. It's all dependent on you up here believing that's faith yeah. you see i believe that god often works not because of his people but in spite of his people you got that come on now come on god often works not because of me but in spite of me doesn't he yeah. sometimes when you feel your weakest and you can't go another inch you're ready to throw in the towel there's no way you could get that five thousand dollars you promised to god and god says i'm going to show you something you are weak in faith and i just wanted you to just step out and do it to prove that i am god oh my goodness one of the men told me he promised ten thousand dollars for the building he had no idea where he was going to give it but he gave it and the secretary just said to him a week ago you gave ten thousand dollars to your church and he said yeah and that week That week, they had more cash come back from bills than any other time that covered the entire amount. You think God isn't big enough? Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! Really? God wants to take us through something to get us to something, doesn't he? He wants to take us through something to get us to something that's much bigger don't get sidetracked along the path. I was, I was thinking about this actually during the service when Andrew, my nephew, was here and stayed with us for about a month. This before he was married, and now they have two children. He's a doctor, and he was a plastic surgeon. He was doing his, res- not residence, something else downtown. What was that, hun? Internship at, at um, Butterworth, I still call it, Spectrum. And he came home, and he said to us, you know a lot of times the doctors have to stay overnight and it's a very dangerous because there are a lot of good-looking nurses i'm not i didn't say that to be funny i said it for this you are dangerously close to destroying your life take a step back the spirit told me to say that you are dangerously close to destroying your life take a big step back because the only place you're going to ever find joy and happiness is with jesus christ and jesus is going to tell you Don't sin anymore. You're not happy because of your sin. You guys getting this? You are not happy because of your sin. Now, God specifically told me to say this because somebody is going to self-destruct that needs to take a major step backwards. You know the problem with our churches? We don't need to grow. We need to grow spiritually. We don't need to grow numerically. We need to grow spiritually because when we grow spiritually, something eternal takes place other people change because they see the change in us so many of us think that if you come here and you get convicted by something because a lot of people come here first time and say i never going back there again he's a cuckoo cuckoo he's a cuckoo for coconuts <laughs> i'm cuckoo for jesus is what i'm cuckoo for seriously you already know in our study of paul how many times the religious people wanted to throw Paul out. Oh, I'll never forget going to a Pentecostal tent meeting once with my friend Roger, my good, my good buddy Roger. He said, you know, R.W. Shambock's going to be in town. R.W. Shambock was one of those radio preachers. He was always like, and God told me to tell you Jesus loves you. We call him Wind Sucker. But R.W. Schambach was going to be in town, tent meeting in Findlay, Ohio. So I said, let's go. I've never been to a Pentecostal tent meeting. It was a holiness meeting. like We could hear the place shaking when we drove up. We parked our car. They were already going. And I'm not trying to make fun of them. I, I, I think they believe it. And I'd, I'd rather be that way than not be a lover of Jesus. So we come in. There are only two chairs left. There's about 100 people in the tent. And they're right in front of the preacher. Oh, my gosh. Little did he know that I was a pastor. And we just kind of snuck down the side on the grass and walked all right across in front of everybody. And everybody was looking at us like, who in the world are they? Sinners need Jesus. So we kind of sneak over to those chairs and we sit down. And he's just, a oh man, it's late. He's preaching up a storm. It's just like wildest could be. And all of a sudden he said, there are some religious people in the house. And he looks right down at us (laughs) did you hear what I said people there are some religious people in the house today I almost got saved again (laughs) it was so scary and he was just pointing his fingers at us and everybody was going whoa yeah pastor whoa and oh my gosh for the rest of the service I was so uneasy I could barely stand it and then he started praying. And you could depend on a Pentecostal preacher to pray for about an hour. <laughs> as soon as I whispered, as soon as he closed his eyes and started praying, I said, Roger, let's get out of here. <laughs> we jumped up, both of us hit the ground, dived down underneath the tent, and ran as fast as we could. I'm not making this up. We dove for the edge of the tent, right, pulled the tent up, and crawled underneath it, and ran away. What? Conviction? Nothing. It was fear. (laughs) I wasn't convicted. I was afraid that he might, I don't know, do something bad. But you know what's funny about life? It's funny about life that when we get afraid, we run. What would be so bad about this? Laura and I have some kind of a dispute over something. She's a good lady. She has her kids here. She comes to the Rock Church, and I care about her. I do not think that it is necessary to destroy your friend just because you don't agree with them. I really don't. I don't think it is necessary to destroy someone no matter what they have done. I don't care what they've done. It is not necessary to destroy someone just because you don't agree. Just because you don't agree with them does not mean that you cannot be with them. Seriously, if we would get over the simple little things that cause us to disagree, we would find growth taking place. If you would stop arguing that your kids don't like this and your wife doesn't like this and you don't like this and just get over it. And so the scripture goes on to say, and after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the very places that threw us into the street. You see, it doesn't say that, but it, you read between the lines. Because if you remember, he got thrown out in the street. And actually, just before this, not too long, he'd been stoned and left for dead. What? You mean, you actually care enough to want to go back there and visit those places? Come on. He said, let's go back to every single city because those people matter way too much. Don't let your fear overtake you and tell you you shouldn't go make things right. You go right back in the face of your enemy. You go right back to the place of the people that hated you and love them. Are you getting this? Read between the lines. Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Barnabas, he wasn't up for that. I think he thought, I I don't want to do that unless John Mark comes with us. For some reason, he wanted his cousin with him. But Paul thought best not to take one. And so they had this disagreement and he decided that in this case, it would be better just to separate and not go together. Now, I, I just think too many times it's easy to say that the person that you disagree with is living in sin. Well, she's just living in sin, but he's just living in sin. They're just living in sin instead of, well, I'll be living in sin if I don't at least love them. I'll be living in sin if it isn't my sincere desire to make things right. Are you listening? I'll be the one living in sin if it is not my sincere desire to make things right because the Bible says that. You should not hate anybody. You should not have walls up to anybody. You should be willing to talk to anybody. I could say this with assurance today. There's not a single person on the earth that I am not willing to talk to right now, and I don't have to be right. And they might have hurt me dangerously. I could still love them. Love does win you agree? Love wins, hate doesn't win. When you think that I love you, you're much more likely to listen to me and wanna talk to me, right? And so there was this sharp disagreement and they separated from each other. And you know what's sad? During the rest of the book of Acts, you never hear about Barnabas again. All through the book of Acts. The, The church actually sent Paul and Silas out but Barnabas connected with, I want to say this to you this morning because I got a close and I didn't even get to my points. I want to say this to you this morning. No, it's all good. I know where I'm going. Don't hate anybody. Don't let any disagreement linger that long that you wouldn't absolutely desire to make right. There are some people who are not going to stay by you. They're runners. They're just going to run. They think it's easier to run, and what they don't realize, they're running back into the same temptation and the same sin. I got a letter from one of our men in our church who's in prison. He's been in and out of jail, and every time he goes to jail, he writes to me and says, this time is real. I'm going to change this time. And that, only this time, he doesn't get out till 2019. I think people shouldn't we learn from history to change dads 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 listen to me you are not helping your children by letting them run you you are ruining your home i'm saying that specifically because you need to hear it and it doesn't matter whether you're mad at me or not you are ruining your children if i let josiah lip off to my wife he'll lip off forever and he will not respect women correct If I let my boy tell me he's not going to youth group because the other boys are mean to him, I lose because he needs to be at youth group. You're not listening and you're mad at me and you'll use some lame excuse down the road to take your party somewhere else, but I'm still going to speak the truth. And I'm speaking it in love because I love you and I care about you, but you are ruining your home. I had written down... I spent so much time thinking about what true friends are, and, this, and I have so many friends in this church, it's not funny. But I, I, I can only read them to you now because I don't have time to explain each one. I wrote down my reasons for what I think, what kind of people I want to have in my life and how they operate. Number one on the list is that they are, they are wired like this, others always come first. It is not about themselves. Others always come first, and that means they will never run because it's not about them. They will always stay. They will be the unifier, not the runner. They will not make excuses. They will not make all these little excuses. Well, well I just don't like this because it says, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return. Let's go, let's go do this. Face up to the people who were mean to you in the previous town in a previous church, in the previous marriage, because of your divorce, because of your financial failure, because of your inconsistency. Are you listening to me? Because I've already hit several people on the head in this room with the hammer. Hard. You better be listening. Runners always end up in the same spot. They go to California, they get to the edge of the cliff, and they find out that all the Baywatch women are 90 years old now they shouldn't have come. There is nothing special about that beach. That's what God does. God has a sense of humor. There are people mad in the room right now. We can't even stop because the Spirit of God, I could see you enough to know this. I know which people in here are mad because you live with serious self-image issues. You don't even love yourself. How can you love other people and you so want to be loved? You won't get what you're not giving. Come on. You won't give what you're not giving out. I feel so amazing today. I have the most amazing wife. I love my kids so much. I love this church family so much. And I am not faking it. That's the truth. When you write on Facebook, I think, oh, I love them. Oh, I love them. Oh, my goodness, I care about them. Oh, she's going to get healed. Pray for them. They're struggling. They're hurt. They have this illness. They have this financial need. That's what we should be doing. Think of others before yourself, and you will immediately, this very moment, come out of your slump. If you've been hurt by something someone said, then show love to that person. It will all change. No politics, number two, was my point. No politics. You're extremely loyal. You're extremely loyal, no matter what. Paul was the leader. Barnabas should have said, if that's the way you feel, Paul, then we won't take John Mark. I'm going to trust your wisdom. No politics. The Sanhedrin is spoken in our city, and if you don't match up to what they think, and the realtor just whispered it to me. It was like, God, that was just a breath of fresh air. Considering that where he goes to church is where that new pastor is from It was a breath of fresh air We don't deserve it But God breathes a breath of fresh air all the time when you need it doesn't he? Yeah, he does come on. Are you with me over here? God just says to you 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 just need to take a blessing check right now You need to take a tabulation of all the blessings in your life. Are you not blessed that you don't have shingles? Are you not blessed that you do not have cancer? are you not blessed that you could drive your car today not blessed that you're going to go home to roast beef and potatoes and carrots that have been sulking in the grease during the whole during the whole service they're soaking up the sweat of the roast oh my goodness it's your mouth should be watering that you get to eat like that no politics there's no politics It's more than just leaving and running home I got a, I, I had a million examples of that. My third point was God will always God's will will always prevail. God's will will always prevail. In time it will all be proven out. Yeah. You agree with that or not? Yeah. Give it enough time, and it will all be proven out. You won't have to lift an ugly finger. You will not have to run. In time, if you will stay, it will be proven out. My advice to people all the time when they say, well, I have such difficulty with my spouse, or I'm having this problem with this person at work, or this person or that person, I always, they always say, what advice would you give me? And I say, it's simple, counseling session over, change. You change. Have you heard me say that? You change. Men's retreat's coming up. Every man in here should go. Every wife should prick their husband with a great big huge pin if he doesn't go. (laughs) Bob, you might be lucky enough to some air is released. (laughs) I don't mind you talking if you don't mind me talking back to you, brother. Come on now, brother. We can have this conversation. We love each other, right? It's like a whoopee cushion. I'm going to Vietnam. I've never, I don't think I've been this heavy in a long time, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm not sitting by any pool. I'm wearing a shirt even when I swim. And my, my last point was, really my message today was, God's the God of second chances. I want to say that to everybody in here. We don't need to be scolded all the time, we just need to be loved. Don't we? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. When when we when we want to get blessing, which is right now, this very moment in this room. God is a God of second chances because if you flipped to the book of Colossians, you will find you will find in the scripture it is recorded that Paul is actually talking highly about John Mark. 14 or 15 years had passed, I think. Years had passed, and now John Mark has come all the way around, and Paul's able to commend him. Isn't God amazing? What you look back, you know how many husbands have been ready to leave their wife, and wives ready to leave their husband, and we have sat with them and said, you don't need to do this. You need to stay. You need to stay the course. You will get so blessed. The Spirit of God is raining down in this room right now saying, Don't run and don't give up. God doesn't care what sins you have committed. He is the God of second chances and hundredth chances, isn't he? Yes, he is. He says, I love you. There is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Whew, that's, that's a shouting verse, isn't it? There's therefore now no condemnation. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And all I could think about was this this week. And I actually, we ran the music off last night, and I had, had Dirk practice it early, that a friend's a friend forever if the Lord's the Lord above. Right? And a friend will not say Never. Never. A friend will not say never. No, I won't come back to you. No, I won't be your friend. No, I will not forgive you. No, I won't sit down and talk with you. No, I'm not going to talk to you until you repent. That does not exist in the heart and the mind of God. God loved you before you were even created. Before the foundation of the earth, he knew you, did he not? Enjoy the love of God right now as it pours down in this room because somebody needed to know this morning that God cares about them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I kept thinking about this old hymn this week because some of you were talking about hymns online. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Because you know what? God's got some big arms wrapped around you mother and wife don't feel loved he's got some big arms wrapped around you father and husband who doesn't feel loved he's got some big arms wrapped around every kid who thinks i'm a nothing a nobody a nerd of just a cast out and god says no you're not i got plans for you amen feet dancing plans get ready for what god wants to do god with my eyes wide open i'm praying you are the king of glory in the house and you want to bless every person in here today pour out your spirit as we walk away may we grab onto you the god of second chances we pray the power of jesus blood over this place in your name amen